destino para ti lo que viniera de ti. Welcome to the Inside the Journey podcast. This is episode number 46 for Sunday, March 30th, 2014. I'm Nelson DeWitt. And I'm John Younger. And we are part of the team behind the documentary film, Identifying Nelson Buscando a Roberto. To learn more about the film and get updates, head on over to inbarfilm.com. That's I-N-B-A-R film.com. John. Yes. We have a very so, special special episode today. What are we, what are we yeah, doing? Well, t- so today is, today, meaning the day that this is broadcast, is the day after the what El Salvador commemorates the Day of the Disappeared Children. March, March 29th. 29th of every year since 2007. Um, and that was when we went down to El Salvador for our trip that we were going to attend that event. And uh, so this podcast is going to be the speech that the president gave to the public where he formally acknowledged the disappeared children. And it was a historic speech. It had not been done before. And it's in Spanish, obviously. So for the bilingual folks in this audience... You can stop listening right now and go over to the other file and hit play. And that is the Spanish version of today's podcast. Which is introduced by Nelson's brother, Toto. So that, yeah, I recorded that earlier today with him, and it was a lot of fun. So if you're a Spanish speaker or fluent in Spanish, uh, you can go listen to that speech now. For And and I'd say even as just English speakers, just <laughs> English speakers, the speech is interesting. Like, I, it, the cadence of it, the... Um, the way that the president speaks, it's it's really something. So, you know, you may want to pop in and out and, and just listen to a little bit of it. Yeah. Maybe you get something. We also have that. We also have the video of that speech up on YouTube and we'll provide links, a link to that. But for the rest of our English speaking audience, we thought we would just, uh, you know, we, we didn't want to leave you with with nothing. So we thought we would riff a little bit about uh, the trip. We've talked about it before, this particular day of the disappeared. So we'll link to those episodes. And then what the significance is three years later. And we'll leave it a little shorter since the main podcast is the rebroadcast of the president, Mauricio Funes's speech from 2011. Mm Mm-hmm. So, John, you, you mentioned this uh, this was a historic speech, and we talk about it in the Act 3 podcast when we talk about the FML and ARENA. Uh, it's, it's been three years since that speech has happened. Uh, what do you think has changed, if anything? I mean, I know we're, we're slightly removed from it, but what's your impression of this Day of the Disappeared speech? Well, I, I felt really lucky to get to attend and see it and be, you know, part of that day. And I think that when we went, there was a lot of hope and a lot of skepticism because I think the, the sentiment I kept hearing expressed was, was people were excited and people were thankful, but they also were like, well, words are cheap. You know, what what's really going to happen? Like, we don't want to get our hopes up for nothing. And... So it was, and we've talked about this before, but I, I think like it was important that it happened. Um, it was acknowledgement that was almost 30 years in coming. 
and yet there was there was just this sense of well you know is this are we going to have more than one FMLN president or is is and is this one going to have the strength to do something about his convictions and also I'm jumping around a little but I guess there's two two things I wanted to address from the speech one is that you know the military was such a strong presence at the event and and uh, our the person who helped us in the field Alex even said like there's there was a military general standing right behind the president when he spoke and and he always does and it, it means that his words have the backing of the military and it's an important gesture and symbol and so that was interesting because the military obviously committed a lot of the atrocities that led to these disappearances and the second thing that comes to mind is that El Salvador just had a really important election, the presidential election. They elect a new president every five years and this one was really tight. Um, going in it looked like the FMLN would win big. They had won, um, their candidate had performed well in in the first election um, and if no candidate gets above 50 percent they have a runoff. And He had won the first election by more than 10 percent although he still needed a runoff but the second election was with in a country of six million people with pretty high percentage voting he only won by he by five thousand votes and and the conservative candidate contested it so I've talked for a while now it's your turn yeah well I mean very close election but to to your point that it was a question back then whether this the FMLN would continue to you know be able to um, have the presidency and you know I, I was just thinking about the fact that we've sort of learned that uh, Funes has been more of a, a centrist uh, you, you might say I, I think that he hasn't necessarily wanted to rock the boat maybe it, it sounds like you know and this again is just my impression of 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 what I've read and what I've heard. So I may, you know, I'm, I may not, this may not be entirely accurate, but it's, it's been my impression that he has been more of a centrist that he hasn't tried to do anything too radical, but he has also tried to push forward some of these initiatives, like acknowledging the day of the disappeared. And one of the things that Alex said to us, which I then echo in the film is the fact that what he did was open the door to to exploring this issue of dis forced disappearances more. So now that he publicly acknowledged it, it it makes it um, you know public knowledge. It's in the public domain, and now no one no one can go back and deny that deny the fact that that this happened because he has publicly acknowledged it as the president. So I, I think those are the type of gestures that Funes has taken, where he hasn't necessarily uh, condemned the actions of the military and opened the the records and done all of these, I guess what some might consider radical, you know. He hasn't done a lot of the things his party would, the the base of his party would have wanted him to do. Right. Yeah. He hasn't taken things as far as as uh, they would want. And and so that I mean I he's gotten into a bit of trouble for that, but I or there's been a bit of pushback from that, but 
you know, I think it's very interesting in retrospect that idea that he's opened the door. And I think recently, but I think recently there was a case where some of the military records are are now going to be open for the El Mazote massacre. So, mm-hmm. so you know, they're saying this for this specific incident, we're going to look at the books and see what happens. And and I think that that might maybe from the speech and some of the actions that that happened. So, mm-hmm. and this current election, the really big stakes because while while the acknowledgement President Funes gave. Um, can't be taken back. There could have been a lot of resistance to further pursuing things. And from a distance, it felt like a very kind of Americanized election where it felt like Lee Atwater was running the arena, the right-wing party campaign. Like there was just a lot of fear and I would I would argue unfair comparisons. They They brought in Venezuela a lot and said, uh, you know, you're going to turn El Salvador into Venezuela, and there's really, it, for an outside observer, it felt like there was no basis for that. It just felt like a, something like a Lee Atwater tactic of George Bush against Michael Dukakis, where it was ridiculous. Anyway, there's very high stakes for this election, and and I I think a lot of the stakes are about. Uh, if people will keep addressing the violence of the war and and its effects, or if if they would run from it a little bit more, so yeah, it kind of uh, continues. Well, it's not even. I was going to say it's going to continue the public debate, but there wasn't much of a public debate about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But but this this. Uh, right-wing candidate. I mean, when he lost the election, he called the military to intervene. <laughs> it, was, it was vicious. Well, you know what? Uh, I, I think one of the most, um, I don't want to, I don't know, moving articles that I read about that election was when the uh, the armed forces rejected the, the arena's call for them to intervene. And, and the general, the highest mm-hmm. general, I, I have it right here, David Payez, Payez, the Minister of Defense, mm-hmm. announced in a press conference that the armed forces would respect the outcome of the elections. I guess it was a bit touching for me. I don't know if that's the right word, but that you know, mm-hmm. I I was moved by it because it sort of it to me it meant that the country might be moving past its very violent and this divisive roots you know that it is in some way trying to mm-hmm. to move past everything that happened and respect you know go forward in the name of process in progress yeah, it was it was very scary when he called i mean again I, i'll qualify everything as an outsider i don't watch the news in el salvador every day i'm not experiencing this firsthand i'm, I'm seeing press reports but um you know, there was a, a coup, military coup in, it was bloodless, I believe, but it was still a military coup in Honduras like two years ago. It, it still can, you know, it's still not necessarily a, an, a region of the world where where uh, the people's votes are respected all the time. So so it was, it was a, when, when this candidate called for the military to intervene, you know, I think it, it was a scary event. Hmm. 
it's good that we've been talking about the election because it's something that has been going on for the past month or so. And because of the guests and everything that we've had on the podcast, we didn't have a chance to really talk about it. So it's good to kind of mention it here. The way that it's relevant and the way I'd bring it back to Funes' speech is just what is his legacy going to be and 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 as it pertains to uncovering the truth about the war you know and and with a, another president who's further to the left and and I would hope more inclined to pursue things like reviewing amnesty for atrocities during the war and and looking into records um, it could be very important. Yeah. So I guess uh, time will tell, but uh, I, I think that's a good place to kind of wrap it up today. Again, we wanted to keep this particular episode a little bit shorter because the main event is the Spanish language speech. So, John, unless so you have anything speech. else? I was just going to say this is this. I mean, we said it earlier in the podcast, but this is the first time, you know, this was 2011, and most of the disappeared children disappeared in the early 80s. So this is really on the edge of 30 years after people were disappeared. Here's the president acknowledging what happened. Yeah, and someone, I, I remember someone we interviewed that day was saying, you know, this is something I've been waiting my whole life to to hear to uh, mm -hmm. to see happen and he said it was like a dream to be able to go to the president's house and have breakfast with him so i th i think for many of the disappeared and their family this was quite a, a historic and meaningful event take it away thank you so much for listening and if you would like to support our work, do us a favor and share it on Facebook, Twitter, or wherever. Thank you for joining us. I'm Nelson. And I'm John. And we'll see you next time.